Today, we're going to talk to an Amazon seller who proves that you don't need super secret hacks in order to succeed on Amazon. He scaled up slowly and recently had a seven-figure cash payday for selling his Amazon business. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show. That's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon world. And we've got a serious seller here. He does a lot of other things seriously, but uh, meet, oh, you see, I, we just per, per, uh, pronounced your name, and I was like, all right, is it Metool? Is it Metool? Or do your pronunciation again. It sounds so cool when you do it. it it's it's Matul. No, that's not what you said. Come on, oh. I, I wanted the cool pronunciation. Yeah, the re, the correct pronunciation is Mitul. Mitul. I like it. Mitul. All right, Mitul. <laughs> let's let's get into this. I want to talk about your Amazon journey first of all. But before we even get into that, what I always like starting these episodes out to do is is to get your personal journey. Where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Okay, now growing up there in Chicago, if you're still there, well, like when you're eight, 10 years old, what did you think you were going to be when you grew up or what did you want to be? I mean, I, you know, it's funny you ask that. I have no idea. I, I think at one point I wanted to be a veterinarian um, and then a doctor and then blood just didn't. Yeah, I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so. what, what are your parents? Uh, were your parents born in the States? Uh, no, my, my dad was born in India and my mom was born in Africa. Okay. So, so you're completely the stereotypical, you know, Indian family and same thing in Asian families too. You know, me being half Filipino, I know about that where I think a lot of, um, we grow up thinking like we need to be in the medical, <laughs> yep. the medical industry, yep. um, somehow. Dr. So, Patel. okay. Yep. All right. Yep. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Okay. So now you graduated high school and did what did you go to college right after that? Yeah, I went to uh, there's a small community college, College of DuPage. Um, I it's a funny story. I actually ended up going there because my first college of choice, which was University of Illinois, um, I applied. And then about two weeks after the deadline for the application, I got my application back and it said more postage required. Funny how things work out. Now, yeah. were you just like, like taking general ed or did you already have like, at least were you trying to get an A degree at the time? Um, I, you know, I went for computer science, so I just, I started doing my, my, whatever I could for that, um, programming. So Java, C++, all those courses. And then okay. after two years, I transferred to Northern Illinois university. Is that the Salukis or something like that? The Huskies. The Huskies. Yep. Oh, something is Salukis. I was like, I've always wanted to say the Salukis and ask the person what the heck that is. The Huskies. Okay. You know, upon graduation or leaving college, what was your first like gainful employment? What was your first full-time job? Uh, my first real full-time job was um, with a company called Hewitt Associates. And we worked on, it was like an HR company and we worked on um, benefits, HR and stuff like that. But I was on the back end. So I kind of did all the programming, all the data manipulation, all that kind of stuff. So you actually were able to do, you know, something that you, you actually study, you know, not a lot, not a lot of people can say that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now what, 
at what point now did you discover the e-commerce or Amazon opportunity? Like what year and and how did you even learn about it? Um, yeah, so I, I stumbled upon it in 2013. Um, actually, a good friend of mine um, was he he was always in like the SEO world and online stuff. And um, he found um, Amazon through Ryan Moran. And he, you know, started a, a supplement business on Amazon. And I kind of just was like watching it. And I was like, oh, you know, I like Amazon. I'd love to sell stuff on Amazon. Um, and I was I was always in that mindset of trying to find a business. Um, and so when he was actually successful, I was like, hey, Zach, like you got to kind of show me what you're doing. He told me to start in supplements and there was a uh, specific supplement called phytoceramides. And so I was like, OK, let's do it, you know, and so say uh, that again. Ph- phyto ceramides. sounds like a dog mixed with. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a beauty. What does pill. it do? It was a beauty pill. It was supposed to make you look lo- younger. Um, it, I, you know, I don't know if it really worked or not, but mm-hmm. at the time I was like, oh, it, it seems like it works. And OK, so, so, so you, that was your first product. That was my first product. Yeah. And now we're in. Are we still in 2013? Are we in 2014 by the time it launched or where um, are we at? 2014. OK. And yeah. how, how did it do? Uh, I failed miserably. Talk about that. Like what, what, what happened? Yeah. So, okay. So 2014, you know, let's, let's take you back. That was like, you know, when Amazon was in its infancy. Um, no, but you know, obviously everyone knows reviews are kind of King. Um, and back then it wasn't easy to get reviews, you know, especially with supplements, you have to first get someone to buy it and then you have to wait 30 to 45 days for them to actually use it. Um, and then if you're, if you're lucky, the person actually, you know, liked it and gave you a good review. And so it was this long process of trying to get reviews and trying to get people to buy your product. And um, it was it was it was pretty rough. And so, you know, and I came in, it came into it with like a minimalist mindset where I literally thought I was going to get rich with my thousand dollar investment It was rough. You know, supplements at that time, just there's even now they're hard. So, yeah, but um, yeah, trying to get reviews and then trying to get sales and, you know, PPC, it was relatively brand new back then and um but you only you only had invested a thousand bucks yeah when i first started like when i first got all the products and things like that it was Mm -hmm. like a thousand to fifteen hundred um you know fast forward nine months and i'm 16 to twenty thousand dollars in the hole okay so then what i mean obviously you know uh, i know some of your story but i know you didn't stop selling on amazon in 2014 so what kept you from just being completely discouraged and saying, man, I, I, this Amazon thing is not for me. Yeah. So one, um, I, I, I just saw the opportunity. I like, I knew it was there. Um, and, uh, around September, Zach had launched another, another brand and it was in like physical products. And I'd already had the thought of moving into something else. And he was just telling me how much more fun it was. You know, you literally give away a product. And again, this was back in 2014. When giving away products and getting reviews from wasn't as bad as it is now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know he'd give away a product, and he, literally a few days later he'd get a review, and he was like, "It was just so much more fun and so much easier." And I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I need to make that pivot." But that led me to my my product, which um, I was like, "Okay, I can, I can do this." Um, and that was in September, and then I spent the next couple months. 2014. 2014. Yep. Okay getting um supplies or not supplies samples sorry uh testing out 
products here in the U.S. just to see like what's what do people hate? What do what's what are what are the bad reviews? You know things like that. Um, and then found a supplier, got a good product, and then launched it in January of 2015. All right. Now, how did that launch so work for you? It was amazing. Um, I literally took everything I learned in 2014. So that was back in the day when uh, Ezra Firestone was talking about um, fa- using Facebook and, you know, launching products that way and things. And, you know, that that was when uh, Zonblast first started coming out. Um, and I literally took everything I knew and learned and threw it into that. And it mm-hmm. blew up right away. What does blowing up mean? Like, like what was your monthly sales? And when you, well, when you come from losing $16,000 to <laughs> make it up, Hey man, I made a hundred bucks. I'm blowing up. Yeah. No, I think our first month we did like 35,000 and then our second nice. month we did 50 in sales. Nice. 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 All right. So then now you're all excited. So now you got your, you got out of the hole. Yep. I would assume after just a couple months or so from your old product. And so what's your next step? Launch another product. Uh, same brand or, or completely different or what? Same brand, same brand, uh, different product. Again, when it's once I find once you have something that's successful, it's a lot easier to build off of it because you can see what else is there. Yep. And so that that was that was the key. I just, OK, here's this other product that um, is in my same space. Let's launch it. And that from day one took off. No, it was zero reviews. Just it just went off. And I'm like, oh, this is even better. So like 2015, 2016, 2017, what, I mean, just what were your rough yearly gross revenues for, for each year? Yeah. So 2015, I think we were at like, like 500,000, 2016, it was like not 800, 900. And then we hit a million plus in 2018, 2017. Now, at what point did you, or, or, or was this in the beginning? Did, did you stop uh, your day job? I stopped. I quit my day job in 2016, April 1st of 2016. Because like by that point, the the profit that you were making uh, more than made up for whatever your full-time salary was. Yeah. And it was one of those things where my day job started to interfere with my, my Amazon business. Mm-hmm. So then I got to the point where I was like, mm. <laughs> most people say sometimes say it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, dang it. My, this Amazon thing is like taking over my life. I, I'm being distracted here at work. No, no, no. My day job is distracting me from Amazon. Yep. I love it. Yeah. I forgot to ask this question. How did you find that first product? Like the, a supplier? Was it, was it China? Was it USA? Did you go to Alibaba? Yeah, I went to Alibaba um, and just, you know, talked to a a, just randomly emailed a bunch of them and just got samples. And then I picked the one that had the best sample. And then kept ordering from that same factory for your, your brand extensions. Yeah. So for, yeah, I would say the next like four or five products came from that factory. Now my first product, I, I changed suppliers. I actually moved from China to Taiwan. Um, and so the current, the current product is made by my, the third factory that I've talked to. Um, and so I was, again, like I have this thing with perfection or at least making improvements. So I kept wanting to improve the product, improving the product. And so I just, I learned more about the product itself and, you know, textiles are better off in, in, um, Taiwan than they are in China. And so, you know, I made, I just naturally made that move. How was that? Like, was that an awkward situation? You know, having done so much business with a factory and then cutting ties, like, were you worried that they would go and, and hijack you and sell your, you know, the original factory sell your product, uh, you know, to for spite or, you know, I didn't, 
Um, I it was kind of awkward. Like I was like, how do I tell them that I'm not going to order from them anymore? But it was kind of break that, up with a girlfriend kind of, kind yeah, of like thing. Yeah, right. Huh? But it was kind of the the same. I, if, have you ever seen Office Space? Yes. You know how they kind of just fix the glitch and it'll work itself out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just stopped ordering and didn't really tell them anything, and it kind of just worked itself out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, nowadays, yeah. I would do things differently, but yeah, yeah. Now, now, all throughout this time, you just kept with the same brand, or did you ever start other brands? No, I stayed with the same brand. Um, I wish I'd started other other brands. A hundred percent. My my biggest hurdle was I wanted to stay within one brand within the Amazon account. Um, and again, this is back in you know 2016, 2017, where having two accounts was not a great idea. And um, you know, it started this business started becoming more and more my main source of income. And so trying to I didn't want to do anything to jeopardize that. Not just anybody's going to have success. You know, there's there's only a small percentage of sellers if you consider the entire amount of sellers who who can get up to seven figures. And I'm assuming you made more than 20% profit. Yep. Yeah, we were. Yeah. So like not everybody can do that. So like what were some of the things that that you think set you apart? You know, you mentioned you were using Zomblast. You know, I remember I think that's how I met you like way back in the day because of, of, of that service. And, um, you know, so, so that's one thing you, you, you were able to get to page one, I'm assuming pr- pretty fast, but, but what other things, you know, do, do you think you were doing anything unique as far as reviews or were you building an outside audience at all or, or talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I wish I could say I had all these secret things that I did that were amazing. Um, I, I'll, I'll say one, I'm, I'm pretty good at finding products. Um, and that's kind of why I was saying, I wish I'd started some other brands. I'd actually found a lot of products that are huge huge businesses now that i found years before they even um became big on amazon what's your criteria like like how how were you able to find all, all these things like what were you searching for that that brought you to the point where you're like hey this is going to be big whenever i fi- find a product usually what i look for is you know how many reviews do they and again things are way different now um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was how many reviews do they have where how many products are you know, on page one, two, three, four, five, you know, if I search for like garlic plus, you're going to find the same thing for a hundred pages. That's obviously not going to be a great product. Did you have a, a set PPC strategy that really worked? Like, did you have a, what was, did you have a target ACOS or, or, or did you, did you have this kind of cool method where you, you hit PPC really hard in the beginning and then tapered it off or, you know, it's just something unique like that you think you were doing before? Mm, No, I just, I did, I did the normal, uh, Automatic campaign, move stuff to a broad campaign, move it to an exact mm-hmm. campaign. Um, I, I, I did try to, I did have this theory that if you control bids at a, at a keyword level, so I, it would work better. So I always had a lot of keywords in my exact campaign. Um, but I don't think I did anything revolutionary or anything like that. Um, you know, it, it I feel like PPC is one of those things where it can get really, really, really complicated. And sometimes we always chase the low ACOS. And I, I realized from a, the hard way that there are some niches that you're just going to, you're never going to be profitable on. And so mine was one of those, like it was a 30% ACOS was good. Mm-hmm. And if you tried to get under that, it would, you, you would lose sales. Um, 
you know, and I tried tools and things like that to kind of like try and get my ACOS lo- lower. And all I saw was that my sales and my rank would drop. So then eventually I got to the point where I was like, well, I got 30%. It's not, you know, it's not broken. So I'm not going to try and like fix anything and make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what, guys, I hope you guys are paying attention here. You know, it doesn't, you know, uh, me tool here has a lot of, you know, has had a lot of success on Amazon, but there's nothing like he didn't have some ridiculous, crazy hack that only he knew about or, or something, you know, the, his kind of success, it, it was based on, on, you know, something that almost anybody, you know, can do, you know? So yep. I, I don't want people thinking like, oh, to get to seven figures on Amazon, I, I gotta be on like Kevin King's level and know like the, some crazy, ridiculous hack to game the system and this and that. No, if you just do the, the, the normal things here, look at the kind of success that he's had. Now, speaking of that success, what was your, what was your peak year? Was it 2019 of sales? Would you say? Uh, 2019 and 2020 were equivalent. We, we hit 2.4 million both years. Okay. And, and how many, uh, how many SKUs was that up to now? This is like five years after your initial launch. Yeah. So we had, if I remember, we had eight products and like 60 plus SKUs. Eight products, 60 plus. Like, so a lot of like variations and stuff. Correct. Okay. So now I, I, I'm assuming that when you started the business, you know, you, you were just looking to make some extra money or, you know, possibly even, you know, replace your, 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 your day job, which I think most people back in the day, that's, that's what, that was their goals. Yep. But as it ended up now, at what point did you realize that, you know, you could sell the business, which you actually ended up doing? Like, was it only when somebody approached you or, or was there a point where you're like, man, I wonder if I can just like sell this brand and, and get a payday? Um, yeah. So I was actually approached, um, by multiple aggregators over the course of what, a, what year is this? This was 2019. Okay. So 29, late 2019, I get, I get approached by. So they just found you somehow out there and and they cold called you or or contact you. Essentially. Yeah. And so I ended up talking to one of them. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And you know, we heard their offer and all that kind of stuff. And that, you know, that's when I was like, okay, well, first of all, I'm going to, I need to fix some stuff. Cause you know, if you're, if you're going to try and sell your business, you have to you have to kind of start thinking about it a year before you want to start when you actually want to sell because there's a lot of things you can do in the in the in that year to kind of increase your bottom line you know cleaning up expenses um stop launching products you know stop mm-hmm. wasting money on ppc which is actually funny cuz covid actually made me realize that we were spending all this money on ppc on one product and i was losing money so i i yeah. kind of cut it down and next thing you know i'm profitable um, but yeah, so it, it, October of 2019 was when I was approached, I started looking into that a little bit more and was like, okay, well I have a number in my head and for me to hit that number, I need this much profit. Um, and so that's, that's when I started. It was October of 2019. Okay. And then when you got that first message where you're like, holy crap, you know, this is, this is something interesting. Yeah, it was, you know, you this was back again, 2019. So you're kind of like, yeah, well, who are these people? You said you talked to multiple aggregators. At what point were you like, okay, maybe I'm just like, you know, interested to hear what people have to offer. But then you're like, you know what? I'm going to do this. Now it's just a matter of let me pick who I want to work with. Yeah. So, um, and I think it was important that I listened to, I, I heard offers or at least got expectations from a couple aggregators because that kind of opened my eyes. You know, because it was one of those things where they make you they make you sound 
like as Ryan Moran puts it, the hot girl at the at the dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get the offer and you're kind of like, oh. That's not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my head, you know, I, I ha- this is what I thought I had and what their offer, their offer didn't really match that. So I was like, OK, well, it, we, I need some time. Let's figure some stuff out. Let's get things going. Um, and then uh, about six months later, my broker. Um, who actually is was the guy who got me into Amazon as well, uh, Zach. He's he was like, "Hey, Matul, your your numbers are at where you want it to be," and I was like, "All right, let's let's go and see what's out there." So he sent out an email to his list. Um, an aggregator contacted uh, contacted him. We talked to them. You know, they came. They they loved the business. They were really interested. They gave me an offer. The offer in my mind wasn't great wasn't what i wanted how did you come up with something in your mind in the first place like what were you were you you know multiplying it something from your your profit or from your gross revenue plus your inventory like how how did you even come up with a number in the first place yeah so <laughs> so what the number in my head was this was after taxes i would have three buckets and those three buckets would have this much money in it um and I can do, you know, one bucket I can put towards a new business, one bucket I could put towards like long term retirement and another bucket I could use for like, I don't know if I wanted to buy a new house or um, whatever, just like short term savings, investments, whatever it was. So in my head, it was this very like clean, clean formula. Um, and I knew mm-hmm. for me to get that, I had to have sell. I have to sell it for X amount. Um and it, it was and so it was like, OK, this is my number. And I knew it was worth that. Like it wasn't this like crazy number. I think the multiple came out to be like three point four, three point five. So I knew it was still within the realm of what Amazon businesses at my size were selling for. Um, OK, so that's that's kind of where that number came in. And the first, you know, the one that I got, I was like, OK, so best case scenario, you hit my minimum number. And that just didn't fly with me because it was like it was one of those, you know, it's best case. So if it's worst case, I'm definitely not hitting my number. So said no, said, all right, let's take this back. I'm going to grow this, you know, and at that time, Amazon started sharing reviews across across the world. And so, you know, that was a game changer. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to start launching in all these other countries. Um, And then a friend of mine who's a lawyer was like, Hey, Matul, like I've got this buyer who's interested. You want to talk to them? And I said, I was like, okay, let's talk to them. Um, we talked to them, came out with this, with a deal that I loved. It was great. And then the day I was supposed to get an LOI, this other company was, we had a meeting with them and they were really interested. And then they gave me an offer that wasn't as good as the, the other company, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had confidence that they knew Amazon. So the okay. first company didn't know Amazon. The second one did. the The offer was lower, but I knew they knew Amazon. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of like it's kind of like, hey, this is your baby, your brand that you develop. You don't want to see it go in the toilet or something. You know, you'd like to see it live on. I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of like part of your, your thought process, right? Right. In, and in picking somebody who knows Amazon. Yep. And the deal I've, I etched out, I still have equity. So I, I still have ownership of the part ownership of that company. Oh, nice. Yep. 
Didn't know that. Cool. So then deal was closed when? Uh, December 22nd. Okay. So, so just a few months ago. Yep. And then what, what happens? You know, I've never been part of a, you know, transaction like this, like, like the deal is closed. You, you get one, you know, big fat check or, you know, you, what's the process like for transferring the Amazon account to, to them and stuff like that. Yeah. So this, um, I've heard multiple things, but the way the, these guys did it was, um, you, you transfer the account over a, a like a week period. So, you know, they come in, um, through your, through your computer and they'll change like the business name and the uh, bank account and things like that. And then you wait a couple of days and then they'll change like the password and the credit card. And then you wait another few days and then they log in on their side and make sure everything's okay. And once that's okay, then they release, um, a certain percentage. And so then all of a sudden, you know, on that day I got a, you know, million dollar deposit in my bank account, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very nerve wracking because you're always worried like you gave them the wrong no account number. You know, <laughs> yep. yep. Were you like refreshing your I, yep your your online banking and stuff? I was. I was like, all right, tell me when you're sending it. All right, let's you know because I'm I always usually if it's in a new account, I always test it by sending a dollar. Um, it's just that's just how I do things, but yeah, you know they don't do that. So then, um, then I had to wait another three weeks for the, my trademark to transfer. And then I got the rest of the money. How does it work now? Like is your, you know, your, I don't know what you call it, dividends or whatever, based on the, the profitability of the product or is it just based on gross sales or what? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, just like any business, right? I, I own a certain percentage of the business. So whatever the profits are of that business, I'll get 16%. And then. Oh, that's, that's decent. Yeah. And the way it's working with them is, um, I actually won't see any of that money for four years because at or three years. So I have an option at three years for them to buy me out. And then at four years, they have an option to buy me out. So I figure at least for four years, I'll be I'll be with them. Um, and then all that money kind of gets lumped up and will get distributed at the four year mark. OK, cool, cool. Now, what you got that big <laughs> amount of money in your your, your bank account. What does somebody like that? I mean, I'm assuming, I don't know, uh, you might, you might be independently wealthy. I'm, I'm assuming that's the first time you've seen such a number in your bank account. Yep. What, what is somebody who has never experienced that level of, of cash before? What do you do? Did, did you put it into, um, investments? Did you, did you, did your mind start racing on, 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 you know, like, am I just going to start this all over again on Amazon? I, I kind of know a little bit of what you've uh, done with it. And we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, yeah. but, but <laughs> immediately after that, what's the next step? Yeah. Trip so, to the Maldives. No. So, <laughs> um, so I was, I like to say like, I'm, I, I got a lot of money, but I don't have a lot of money. Um, uh -huh. you know, it's, it's good. It's a, it's definitely a huge chunk of money. You know, don't get me wrong, but it's not type. It's not the type of money where I can retire. Like I'm not going to survive the next 60 years of my life with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so someone told me, you know, very wisely takes, you know, when you have something like this, take, decide on a number, take some money. And so in my case, it was like $10,000 and spend okay. it, like spend it on something, you know, cause I think our natural tendency is to just like go crazy. And then now, you know, six months later you're broke. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I'll take that 10 grand and let's, let's, let's go buy something or spend it. And you'll, you, <laughs> you know what I spent it on. Um, and then the rest of it, I was just like, let's, you know, just, just let it sit, give it a couple months, like let all the emotions kind of settle down and 
things like that. So that's kind of what I've done. I've just kind of left it in my um, business banking account. Okay. Yeah. Not Good nothing point. too exciting. I know I'm kind of a little. Okay, no, that's blind, fine. Hey, that's but... good. <laughs> you know, sometimes the exciting things, buying Lamborghinis and stuff like that, that that's not a necessarily a good thing. That's a, <laughs> that's what um you know puts you back in the hole. Yeah. Okay. So um now let let's talk about baseball cards. Yep. You you're the sole reason why I'm about thirty thousand dollars lighter <laughs> myself <laughs> over the last uh, few months. But all of a sudden, you know, I hadn't you know been in contact with you that much because um you know like you know I wasn't using the the, the Zomblast service anymore and, and you know wasn't in that Facebook group uh, and so it wasn't really you know our, our paths weren't crossing. Yep. You know you were obviously out of Amazon now, but then I would see I don't know why like I don't follow anybody on, on my Facebook like. I have 5,000 friends, I think, just because of the old Zumba days, yeah. but every single one I always unfollow. Like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll friend people, but I don't want, the only things I want in my newsfeed are, are like my, my, my Facebook groups, yep. like the Helium 10 groups and, and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, I guess I had friended you a long time ago and I never unfollowed you because maybe you never posted or something. So I never <laughs> realized to unfollow you. But then all of a sudden you start popping up and, and you were like showing off these cards that are like 10 and 15, thousand dollars. I'm like, this is interesting. Like, you know, when I was younger, you know, I used to have like a mini baseball card business. Even when I was in high school, I would set up at shows and buy boxes and and sell them and and I would collect and and and, and all that stuff, but I haven't I hadn't been in it in, in 20 years and I, and I had no idea that things had blown up last year like they did. Now, did you only like at what point did you get into investing in in sports cards? Um, I actually so I got in like four months before everything blew up. Um, but I got in because I love collecting cards. That's, mm-hmm. that was the sole reason I got back into it. Um, and you know, it, I hadn't done it in like 10, 15 years. And so I, everything was brand new to me. So I was kind of learning everything all over again, all the new brands, um, things like that. And, you know, that was December of 2019. Uh, November, December, around there is when I started getting back into it. And then like March, April is when ki- when it kind of like just blew up. You got into it because you like collecting. It wasn't like you saw some kind of trend and you're like, oh man, this is about to blow up. I need to uh, invest. No, no. Yeah, it was just a, okay. hey, I like, I like, I needed a hobby. You know? How much do you think you've invested now or you've spent uh, since that time on, on sports cards? Yeah, I'm probably somewhere in, in the 200 to 300K range. Okay. Now, have you started selling them or are you actively selling like certain things or has this been all spending and I'm just, you're just accumulating stuff as an investment and then maybe going to sell it later? Yeah. So I have sold stuff. Um, I've been, you know, I've got a lot of stuff that I'm holding. Um, I do, I do break, uh, which is where you buy a box of cards and then you sell spots and let other people kind of get a, a fraction of whatever you're breaking. And, you know, it's, it's random. It's sort of fun to do. You know, you don't have to pay the full price of a box because hobby boxes are ridiculously priced now. Yep. Um, and so I've done some of that, you know, but the a lot of stuff I've done is grading. And so there's a lot of I have I have probably 300 cards that are over at uh, this company called PSA waiting to get graded. So a lot of my investment is kind of just sitting on my desk. Yeah. And then some of that. I mean, even the, all this time that it's been at PSA, you're looking at prices, and I'm assuming some have possibly even doubled in price just in the last few months. Yeah, some of these. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, 
they're just the yeah i can't even explain it there's it's i think you come you come from when i when i was a kid you know i, I pulled this michael jordan basketball card insert that was worth 60 dollars. Mm-hmm. you know and and the other day i i hit a car that's six thousand so it's like it's just same you, you saw my zion uh you, gold wave that i that i hit yeah that not even that it, but it, your it's contenders. like the most ridiculous feeling euphoria you could possibly ever have guys yeah when you when you that happens and that's that's not even your first one your first one was that contenders that's like ten thousand yep. yeah um you know for a card and so it's <laughs> but the, yeah 15 years ago that's unheard of right like i mean like okay maybe i had a michael jordan rookie and then 10 years later you know it became worth ten thousand dollars but like i don't you know at, at no point before like three years ago where it's just like a brand new card that just launched it already has that kind of value right the and i we um brandon young and i uh kind of went mm-hmm. in on this one car one one break and we hit a zion rookie card and we just sold that at auction and it ended up at $44,000. One card, $44,000. Yep. Wow. What, what, what card was that? It was a Zion rookie patch autograph. It was number oh. two of three. I think wow. that, and wow. that was probably what <laughs> you saw. Cause uh, that, that, that probably was the one I saw. Yeah. On, Cause I think you had tagged him in, in that post yes. that I saw that yep. got me all inspired. So like, let's say, of course uh, for me, I'm doing it because it's, I, I I never got into the stock market. I don't invest in real estate. You know, uh, you know, should I? I? I don't know. But 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 I understand the importance of investment. Uh, there's just never been something that seemed you know somewhat stable enough or or, or even fun you know for me to do. Yeah. But it's this is just like so much fun. Like I do it with my son. You know, my, my son's 16 and 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 he really loves it. But if you do it right. You know, if you do it right, I mean, I, I think it's a great way of investment because, you know, as long as you're just not gambling and just doing breaks and, and just taking a chance at trying and hitting those, you know, 10 and $44,000 cards. I mean, a lot of this stuff is only going up in value because it's scarce. You know, they're one out of 10. There's stuff that's one out of 50. So it's not like the, the market's going to bottom out and all of a sudden a $10,000 card is only going to be worth $500, right? Right. Yeah. I mean just Michael Jordan rookie cards doubled in like five weeks. Wow. So then how, like, let's say somebody else, um, they, you know, maybe they sold their Amazon business like you, or, or maybe they're like, Hey, I'm selling on Amazon. I, I'm making some profit. You know, do I, you know, invest in a, a, an Airbnb property that I can make some money in or, 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 you know, should I go into Bitcoin or something? Uh, can, can you pitch, the the idea about like hey why don't you consider sports cards and if so what what would be the path that you would suggest on how somebody new to the industry can can kind of break no pun intended but break uh, into it <laughs> yeah so I think the um, and what you said like there is a there's a component of gambling that you have to be very careful with um, when it comes to the card market you know and just like you said there's a euphoria to buying a box or buying into a break and then hitting that big card. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can go down a rabbit hole very, very, very quickly. And so I think the first thing you need to do is one, you have to learn, you know, the, the product itself and the product in this case, there's, there's multiple, there's one, there's the players, right. Um, yep. and then there's the actual product. So just to give you an example, um, you know, you have for basketball, you have 
uh, a product called Prism, and then you have another one called Optic, and then you have another one called Score. And of those three, Score is kind of a very cheap brand. It's kind of more geared towards kids. You, you really don't want to get into that unless unless you're yeah. doing it for fun. That's like that's purely for fun. Sure, sure. You know, a Prism box is going to cost you a thousand dollars. Um, and you know, learning those nuances, I, it took, it takes a long time. It took me a long time anyway, just because, you know, I wasn't looking at it from an investment standpoint, but I was just kind of having fun. But then I, over the course of the, of, over the last year, you know, I've kind of learned which products people want, um, which products are good for grading, you know, cause that's another way to make money is yep. you get, you get a car and you, you get it graded. And if it grades a 10, then, you know, your $20 car just became $400. The other path is you can, buy product and just hold it. Um, you know, if anyone is a fan of Patrick Mahomes, you know, because of his success, the 2017, 2018 products, they command, you know, a high premium if you want to buy a box because people are mm -hmm. chasing his rookie card, yep. you know? So, <clears throat> you know, and then there's veterans like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, um, and basketball, you know, there's those guys will always command demand. Um, yeah. And so it's kind of just learning the product, learning who they are, learning that rookies are key. You know, if you get a Drew Brees, right? Great quarterback. Yeah. But his his cards aren't really worth that much money because it's not his rookie card. Um, mm -hmm. You know, whereas like a rookie quarterback who isn't really proven will be worth more. Um, yep. You know, and then within those <laughs> within those products, there's different, you know, parallels. There's like like you said, there's the numbered cards. There's one of tens one of 20s, things like that. All right, everybody, quick break for this episode for my BTS Bradley's 32nd tip. Here is my tip for the episode. We've been talking a little bit about baseball cards. Now, if you want to get started in this, um, or maybe even for your kids, here is something that almost anybody can do. If you're living in the United States, you probably got a, a Walmart or a Target nearby. What you do is uh, go to the Target or Walmart and see what day that they restock their baseball and football cards and basketball cards. And then come to the store early that day. Now, a lot of Targets and some Walmarts, uh, sometimes they have somebody standing out there, uh, kind of like Black Friday, where you can give them your name and, and number and get in line in order to get just a limited amount of whatever they restock because these things sell out as soon as this store opens. Now, what you're looking for is going to be different depending on when you listen to this episode. You know, right now it's it's these things called optic football. Those are great things you can buy for like 30 bucks at Target and flip them the same day for over $100 on eBay. Sometimes you can like hold on to boxes for a couple years as an investment and make tons of money. There was some uh, Bowman boxes that I just bought. I bought a couple of them for $1,600 each. And uh, somebody had paid in 2015 or 2016 at a Target like 20 bucks for these. So there's different ways you can invest. But if you want to just make a quick buck right now, just start going to the Targets and Walmarts and look for the sets that are selling out that you can flip for sometimes two and three times as much on eBay. I think it was Brandon who was saying, man, PJ Washington just dropped 40 points in a game. Yep. Boom, like right away on eBay, something like that happens. You see his car cards double in price. Now, now his cards weren't that worth or didn't cost that much in the first place, right. but it's kind of like the stock market. You, you look for, for things that are happening 
And then you can kind of predict, you know, where, where the market is going to go. And so it's just like hitting things at the sweet spot. Like I, I, unfortunately, um, I forgot to invest in, in this, there's this pitcher who's been, hasn't been able to pitch in like a year because he had Tommy John uh, surgery named Otani. Yeah. And now he's coming back and I forgot to be watching his progress. But what happened was an article came out last week. He pitched his first spring training or something. And, and there's an article that came out. Oh, he's, he's throwing 97 miles an hour. Boom. I was too late. Like two days after that article came out, his all his cards had already doubled in price just in that in that week alone. Now, had I been a little had more foresight, you know, I would have just like, hey, buy low, you know, let me yeah. buy low. Sell high. People forgot about this guy because he hasn't been playing, and let, let me let me go ahead and stock up, and then boom, I, I could have just literally doubled my money in, in in you know a couple you know like a a few weeks of time if I had done that. So it's really exciting, guys. You know, I, we we could probably have done a whole episode just on this, but. But you know, look up YouTube videos. You know, Gary V is really uh, you know into this. He's he's been talking about cards you know for for a long time. But if you Amazon sellers out there are looking for something that's fun to do, and you know something where you know th there's a potential of making money, look into how to invest in sports cards. You know, like like, like uh, Mito mentioned, you could you you could buy unopened boxes. You, you can and then sit on them and then you know flip them in a couple years. You can invest in players you think are are on the rise. I mean, there's lots of different ways, but it's I'm telling you from personal experience and it sounds like me tool is as well. It's a really fun way to kind of like invest your money. Yep. Yeah. Now, um, what's your plans? You know, now we're in 2021, you know, I, I see you active in the sports card community. I'm, I mean, assuming that's not going to be your new full-time gig. Like, are you ever going to go and try and start again on Amazon? Yeah. So it's, I actually, it's funny because I was going to say this. One of the, the benefits of the, the sports card industry or the hobby itself and me being in it and so immersed is I actually found an opportunity possibly to kind of build something for them, you know, um, from a software standpoint. So I'm working on that. And then I, I am starting a new Amazon brand that um, I'll be launching hopefully in a month or two. Um, but that, but it, oh, you already picked the, uh, picked the product. Yeah. I, <laughs> it was actually going to be part of my old brand, but because it was, it was a niche of products. I was able to just kind of take them and make them make their own brand out of it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so I'll, I'll cool. be launching that in about a month or two. I'm waiting for it. It's in, it's on a ship and with shipping nowadays, it's who knows when I'll get it. Um, You're going to have to restart your uh, helium 10 uh, subscription. Now. You know, I never stopped it, you know, and then in the meantime, um, one of the things that I learned while selling my business was that, you know, there, there's, there was kind of a gap in the arena of a, of brokers help like the seller's side in, in the selling process, you know, you get, you have brokers and um, they're great. And my broker was great as well. But you know, when you're, when you're a seller and you're selling a business and you don't know anything, like it's kind of scary. It's like, Oh, am I doing, doing it right? And things like, so anyways, um, so over the last couple of months have kind of started helping other sellers sell their business. Um, you know, we've been talking, we've been getting them better deals. We've, we actually had two deals go through where we're under LOI, where one of them was going to sell to an aggregator. And I said, Hey, just give me a shot. And we ended up getting them a 20% higher offer. And then this other deal, it was like, he just got, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing deal. I can't really go into this specific, but it's like ridiculous. Yeah. And so I've been helping sellers do that. So I'm kind of just like <laughs> have my hand in a few different things, but 
Um, we'll see what what the actual long term thing will be. Okay. Cool. I like it. Now, you know, there's something we do on this podcast. We call the or the TST 30 second tip. So you've talked about some strategies that, that helped you along the way with your Amazon business about how, what helped you scale, you know, what, you know, uh, you ended up having to exit, you know, you could have a, a strategy that was based on your product research that you can maybe give us, or it could be about, you know, evaluating your, your company, or it could be about sports cards or like whatever you want, something you can say in around 30 seconds uh, or less uh, for our listeners. So I think for, from an Amazon perspective, if I could give a tip and this is what I am going to be doing and what I will be, what I have always talked about doing for the last two, three years, and that's getting off of Amazon. Um, and I know that won't work for everyone based on your products, but you know, I think getting off of Amazon, building a brand off Amazon is massive, you know, and now like I'm just seeing crazy things going on with TikTok. Um, and I think if you could utilize TikTok in some sort of way to promote your business and your brand, that's what I would do. I think it just provides you more freedom. Like my biggest fear yeah. was Amazon shutting me down. And then where would I be? You know, I had to provide for my wife, my child. Like it was, it kept me up at night. And that's actually one of the reasons why I sold. Mm. Um, if I had a brand that I wasn't reliant on Amazon, I definitely wouldn't have sold. Um, yeah. And that's how I'm building my new brand. Like I'm building an off Amazon brand that just happens to utilize Amazon first. Cool. Cool. I, I like it. I like it. Now, if people want to, um, you know, maybe reach out to you to get some more information on the sports card thing or, or just to, to hit you up for, for some advice, like you actually have a, a face, is it your own Facebook group that you, that you uh, manage for this? Uh, no, I don't. Um, you can just message me. Okay. Yeah. I <laughs> so uh, sp spell out your um uh, uh your name really quick so people can find you on on Facebook. Yeah. M I T U L. Last name is Patel. P A T E L. Um, there might be a lot of us. So <laughs> Ooh, uh, the newest the newest member of my of my team is name. Her name is Shivali Patel. Yeah. So um, so yeah. I am in the Helium Ten Facebook group. Cool. As well. So, um, you can find me there. All right, cool. So yeah, and 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 whenever you find his his different Facebook groups that he's in, you know, you you might see me him breaking some boxes open for me. We've we've done that live uh, on a couple of times, and you guys can give it a give it a try. He's got some uh, what is it, 2017 tops basketball that that I've broken. Yeah, that he, yeah. he might be able to open yeah. for you guys. All right, well, uh, Mitul, thank you so much for your uh, you know, for coming on the show and and giving us both your Amazon and and sports card uh insights here we appreciate it and um i'd love to reach out to you maybe in a year or so and let's just see you know maybe maybe uh you've already built up your your brand new amazon business to another seven-figure business yeah that'd be great thanks for having me riley